The pandemic has opened nurses' eyes to seek out new careers in nursing. We always get more questions about what other opportunities there are in nursing other than working at the bedside. Both of us have our master's degrees and it has afforded us career advancement, flexibility of schedules, and work-life balance. Going back to school is always an option. And Samuel Merritt University has been educating nurses for over 100 years. They're consistently ranked top in the U.S. for diversity and highest paid graduates. In order to help nurses advance their education during these crazy times, they are offering over a dozen different types of easily obtainable scholarships, starting at $10,000 for any nurse who enrolls in the spring 2022 semester in either their online MSN FMP or DNP FMP programs. So visit them at smumsn.com. Again, that is smumsn.com. Welcome to the Gritty Nurse Podcast, the Halloween edition. You can find the Gritty Nurse Podcast on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you download your podcasts. Now, let me take you to a special place so terrifying it will keep you up for night shifts to come. In this Season 2 episode we call... Horror stories from the bedside. He's so lame. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, this is my favorite time of the year. I love, love, love Halloween. Yes, Halloween. (laughs) All things Halloween. Yeah, so today we're bringing you uh, a little, I, I'd like to say it's lighthearted, but man, these stories are scary. Um, we have our, our guest, Matthew, with us today, so we're always happy to have him on the show. So again, I'll say today, we're, we're not talking about anything really heavy. We are bringing you tales from the horror bedside. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so I mean, sit back, enjoy. We're not talking about anything stressful. To, well, maybe it'll get your heart rate going. It might be stressful. But um, yeah, you know, if you are on break, you're listening, you're a nurse, you're a physician, allied health, whatever, turn off your lights. Uh, this is your three o'clock, I guess I should say 3.33 bedtime call. And, and we're going to make it creepy for you today. We'll maybe start with some personal stories. You know what? I have to say Halloween is also my favorite holiday and fall is my favorite season. And how can you go wrong? You have Halloween, you have scary stuff, you have candy. I mean, I have my movies that I watch every year. I don't know if you have your Halloween tradition of movies that you watch. I do. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> do you? Usually I'm watching them with Amy. You know what? I even actually bought a Ouija board for tonight. I know we're not yes. doing that, but Call I have it. It. Yes. <laughs> See, that was the reaction I wanted you to see. I will leave. <laughs> Matthew, are you sure you don't want to play a little game? I will leave. I'm pretty sure you. Ouija board doesn't work virtually, especially when you I'm don't the know one that. that has it. Huh? You don't know that. <laughs> Come on, I don't Matthew. Hold on. Where's the Ouija board, game. Sarah? I'm going to have to leave and get it then. Are you serious? Go get it. No. Okay. Okay. Let's just see it. Let's just see it. It's Amy, like in I'll my basement. I got to go get it then. Hang on. 
Nadia's about to hang up on us. (laughs) So while Sarah's gone to get her Ouija board, maybe I'll just jump into a story or just a little bit about my own personal experiences. And I think Matthew can kind of attest to some of the stuff that um, has happened in my life, you know, and again, I'm always, you know, I'd like to say that I'm a skeptical kind of person, but um, growing up at 140 blank Kingswood Street was a, it was quite an intense ride um we had so many crazy things happen and maybe I'll just tell you one story that had happened to me and you know at the end of the day I think you know sometimes your mind plays tricks on you let's go with that but uh, I'll tell you my story it is not your mind playing tricks on you (laughs) Matthew jumping in there I will echo her sentiments right after she's done her story (laughs) So this was a story where actually I I had lived in Bramden at the time. And this house, I don't know, this house was messed up. But um, I actually, this is the time where my grandma was alive. And we actually, I actually shared a bedroom with my sister, which kind of sucked. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was still good because, you know, uh, I got to share a room. Um, So in the meet, like what happened was my grandma was actually over for the weekend. And she had, um, she was sleeping in the, the bed next to my sister. But I uh, always had this issue. Oh, my gosh, there's the Ouija board. Oh, my gosh, we got to check this out. I am so upset. (laughs) (laughs) We got to check that out. No, what are you talking about? What are you upset for? No, I'm trying to have Oh, you opened it. Well, I'm not supposed to open it. Oh, is that the viewfinder? The viewfinder? It's called a planchette, you guys. It's called a what? A planchette? planchette. See? You oh know more about it than even me. How do you of course I do. That's why I'm telling you not to do it. We Here's aren't going to do it. We won't do it today. Where no, we're that? not going to do it ever. Come on, you don't want to. You don't want to find Mr. Uh, Captain Howdy. <laughs> okay, okay. For, for those of you who don't know, Captain Howdy's from The Exorcist, and and we're not conjuring up no Captain Howdy tonight because we know how that movie ended. Anyways, so jumping back into my story. So essentially what happened was um, I needed to go to the bathroom. So my house was kind of creepy. My bathroom was kind of around a weird corner off to the, to like the end of the hallway. And I remember um, like being kind of halfway asleep and seeing the light on in the hallway. And I was like, oh, good. Grandma's gone to the bathroom. I'm going to go pee too. So I jumped up, kind of walked down the hall slowly because, you know, like I was tired and whatever got down to the hall, looked in the bathroom, no grandma. I'm like, what? I, I saw her get up out of the bed. I saw her walk down the hall. I thought she was in here. And I was just like, hmm, whatever. Maybe she, maybe like, you know, she, she finished using it and I missed her or something. So I start walking back to my bedroom and I look in the bed and she is laying in her bed. And I was like, who did I follow out of the bathroom then? And who did I follow to the bathroom? So that, that for me has stayed with me my entire life. And I remember telling my mom that morning, I was like, I was like, grandma, um, did you go to the bathroom? And she's like, no, honey, I didn't go to the bathroom. And I was just like, That's how she sounded too. In that voice, right? <laughs> in that voice, yeah. Like, no, exactly baby. No, baby. I didn't go to the bathroom. I was like, ah! so I mean I don't know like all sorts of messed up stuff happened at my house but that was just one of my own personal experiences uh take it where you may and um believe it or not maybe maybe my mind was playing tricks who knows 
<clears throat> that is super creepy. Um, I, I do have a story to share. This is one that I pulled off the internet. It's called Winter Nights. And so it's about this travel nurse and her very first travel assignment was during the winter at a hospital in a little town in North Dakota. So it's on night, of course. And um, one night she's waiting at the nurse's station to get report. The person that she's taking over from is busy in a room. She answers a call from the telly room that the patient's heart rate is down into the 30s. It's someone that she'll be taking from the nurse that is busy. So she goes down there expecting that a lead came off or whatever, or the, you know, the monitor is unplugged or something, but she goes there and the patient is not only not responsive, but cold, like cold to the touch and they're a DNR. And then she finally um, talked to the nurse and told her what happened. And the nurse was like, oh, that's weird. I was just in there 15 minutes ago. And the patient was awake and laughing and perfectly fine. So she starts doing all the post-mortem stuff because the patient has died and she's at the desk. And the call light in that room went off, the one that the patient just died in. And she went down there thinking the nurse needed help with something. But there's no one in there except for the body. And this happened at least one more time during that same shift before the patient's family got there to gather their belongings. And that was one of the stranger experiences that she's had so far. And then I would have gone to the HR person personnel and quit because I'm not <laughs> trying to deal <laughs> with the undead. No. Right? <laughs> no. No. You know, you know, I think that with us being healthcare professionals, you know, we're supposed to have that healthy skepticism, especially when it comes to horror and ghost stories and these types of things to be like, yeah, no, that, that can't be, that can't be true. But I mean, again, even like, even though I was like, yeah, Sarah, pull out that Ouija board, don't touch it. <laughs> like, you know, like, I think, I think deep down, we're like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd say that I don't think these things exist, but sometimes people have situations that are unexplainable. There's my rational brain and then my irrational brain. So my rational brain is saying, like, let's focus on the science. Like, how can this be explained by science? And then the other side of the brain is like, I'm looking over my shoulder being like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> right. I, I remember I used to be so freaked out by that movie, The Mummy. Did you ever watch that? Oh my gosh. Don't tell me that was your skin. <laughs> okay. So there are scary parts, but I, I haven't been freaked out by The Mummy. <laughs> I was freaked out for like months months oh no <laughs> the movie that freaked me out was um was the exorcist and i watched it at your house amy sorry <laughs> <laughs> what age were we <laughs> i was probably seven. Oh no could be that young yeah maybe I, well matt's younger than you amy so that might be yeah. possible yeah, I probably I think I was probably around like ten or eleven when I first saw The Exorcist. And so then I would have I been seven or eight. See, I didn't see it full through. I think I remember seeing like bits and parts because I I don't think I was supposed to watch it, but my brother had it, and I remember seeing it was always I always caught it on the scenes where you know Reagan was fully dupping out, you know, fully being like haunted out you know seeing that visually was scary but the context behind it was much scary so as I got older and I watched it I was like oh man I have lots of questions as to like can this actually happen mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I want to read you guys a story that's very similar to yours Sarah and I read this one tonight and I creeped myself out so this one is called the doctor has a frightening experience verifying a woman is dead so 
Verifying death is always sad, but my friend tells the funniest story about how creepy his first verification of death was. This was not meant to disrespect anyone or the dead, but you know, gallow humor is a large part of doctors and nurses coping strategies. He was on night shift a few weeks into his first job as a qualified doctor and got a call from, from a ward saying that an old lady had passed away. It was an expected death, hence he hadn't been called about her before, and he could come verify her and do the paperwork. It was a busy shift with lots of sick people, so she wasn't the first person that he went to go see. And it did take him several hours to get there. He goes up and they tell him that she's in room number eight. The door to room number eight is ajar and the room is dark. Now she was on the side of the room, but most patients that were in that room actually shared, shared, bet, uh, shared, I guess, several different bays. So he didn't want to actually turn the lights on because there were people that were still in the rooms that were actually, you know, sleeping. Um, but he, he was actually quite nervous, but he didn't want to be too hasty with it. So he, he pulls out his pen light and slightly opens the door. And he swears that he hears that the blinds rattled against the sill as he crept towards her bed. The tiny circle of light from his torch was picking out the rumpled white hospital blanket. And you could see her very slim body um, underneath the white sheets. Finally, the light played over her face and he had to bite back a little scream, nearly dropping the torch. For whatever reason, her pose in death is one of a horrified and horrifying snarl. Her lips are drawn back to bare, likely falsely teeth, false teeth, the whites of her eyes showing in a fixed blind stare, and both hands are up by her face, curled into claws, slightly over long nails, shining grimly in the meager torchlight. Oh now, yeah, right? <laughs> now, to verify a death, the doctor has to listen to the heart and breath sounds for approximately two minutes while feeling for a pulse, checking for pupil reactions, and check for no response to pain. He flickered the torchlight dutifully across her glaring eyes, forcing himself to shuffle close enough to the torch just to check for that response of pain, and then to settle his shaking fingers on her throat so close, so close to ferocious to her ferociously grinning teeth to feel for a pulse. To get his stethoscope under the he had to for for his stethoscope he had to get it underneath the collar of her gown under the blankets and lay, lean in closer almost nose to nose with her now unable to draw his gaze away from her as she stares at him so he and he's supposed to stay like that for 2 minutes the seconds are crawling away as he stares into that screaming horrified looking face he says that there's no way he would have heard a breath or breath sounds even if she had been alive because all he could hear was his own racing heart in his ears and a loop back in his head saying, please don't move. Please, dear God, don't move. That would have been me. Oh. That would have been me the whole time. I would have been bracing to run away oh, any minute. Wow. <laughs> could you imagine? I'd be like, I'm going to listen for a second. She's good. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be trying not to have a panic attack the whole time. Wait, you'd wake up all the other patients all of them like, yeah, what's with the pen light here <laughs> he was doing his best to not wake me. up the patients nope nope <laughs> i would not be doing that and you know it's so funny like we should be like death is a natural occurrence but i think when it comes to 
that that immediacy it's it it can be really scary and i think that again this is why we have to talk about it and maybe that's why i'm i'm obsessed with you know horror movies because at the end of the day i could be like ah that wasn't real right matt you must have some stories from from your nursing or from your personal life um i don't really have much from my nursing i have one um i have a couple from my personal life a couple that uh took place at amy's that oh, house gosh. that she had described <laughs> Um, but my nursing one, so I remember when I started working at my current job and it's, it's an older hospital. So our, our lounge was nowhere near our unit down the hallway to the left and right there. But where it was, was in like an abandoned wing because they just didn't have the money to open that wing at that time. So I was going to the lounge to have my lunch. And this is probably the first year that I I started working there. Something just told me to keep walking straight down the unit until you hit, um, I guess, the crossroad. And so I did. So I looked up the hallway and then I looked down the hallway. And when I looked down the hallway, it was a really long hallway and all the lights were on. So I'm just standing there staring for I don't know what reason. And the lights from left to right in the room started turning off. So boom, boom, mm. boom, oh. boom. That's when I just booked it. I didn't, I was like, I'm not eating today. <laughs> so I just ran back to the unit and they were like, what happened? And I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and so this happened during the day then? No, this happened at, this is like one of my evening shifts. <laughs> that is super creepy. Like I used to actually have a night terror that was similar to that where I would wake up and look I would always end up like looking out my window and looking down to see the streetlights and they would do that same thing, but it would be, it would be completely black. So as the lights turned out, it wasn't like it was, you know, shade. It was just, there was nothing. And I used to have um, like wake up from these night terrors and be like, Oh my gosh, like, thank God that wasn't real. But it's definitely probably something I've seen in some horror film that I've watched, but yeah. Yeah. That stuff is always messed up. Speaking about your house, can I please talk about my experiences at that place? Yep. So definitely my house is the original hell house. Mm -hmm. I know they talk about it in American story of theirs, but I have that house that I lived in was the original hell house. (laughs) Go ahead. As you know, Amy and I are cousins. And for as long as I can remember, that house that she was growing up in terrified the hell out of me there's no real explanation as to why except that it's haunted Um, (laughs) oh god like i've had so many weird experiences like i remember one time i was at your house and i got dropped off there early and i didn't have school that day because i went to catholic school and you went to public school so we had holidays that you didn't so i went to your house and you were still at school so i was in that living room not the living room, sorry, the the den watching TV. And no matter where I am or what's happening, I always feel like someone's watching me in that den. I remember just sitting there and continuously looking over to my right to where the corridor opens to see if somebody would be like popping and staring at me. And I just kept doing it and it was so uncomfortable. Um, Eventually you came home, but... um, that was just one of many. Oh my God, that place. <laughs> <laughs> like even taking showers there was so uncomfortable. I felt like I was being watched. 
it was just okay there was some like I remember we actually used to like my mom used to rent out our basement remember and she had rented out to some I can't remember what family this was um and I believe their mother had died and then they had moved out a couple years after but Oh, Some yeah. really weird stuff was happening. She died in the house or she just died like... No, she had there. died. She, like, I think we actually had gone on like a family vacation to Jamaica and we got news that she died. And even the circumstances under the news of her dying was all creepy. I think it was... I think we received... Like my mom said she had received a call from her and she was like, you know, I'm in the hospital. I'm not doing well whatever the case may be. And my mom was like, okay, you know, we'll be back from Jamaica in a couple of days. And then um, a couple of days later, while we were out in Jamaica, we got the call that she had died. And then when my mom was speaking to her, one of her children saying like, oh, you know, um, spoke to your mom before she died. Um, I remember him saying something along the lines of like, that's impossible because she she had died at this time before that and and we were all creeped out by that anyways I remember um uh, she had died we had gotten back from Jamaica and my mom had some like really bizarre friends (laughs) and I just remember like one time they had all moved down we had like I said we had these like very bizarre kind of things happening and um she got this friend to come over and this friend was like, there's evil in your house. And I was like, I remember like, okay, imagine being like, you know, 13, 14 years old, hearing this woman shouting that there's evil spirits in your house. And she's like, I need salt. It's like something straight out of supernatural. (laughs) And she's like running around the basement, like throwing salt around, like cleaning our house, like, you know, the poltergeist. And I was just like, what is happening here? But, you know, I mean – I think back and I'm like, was that all like necessary? Is that is that stuff true? But I I have to be honest, I was yes. really creeped out back then when I was young. So like it, it was, was just necessary. Super creepy. <laughs> yeah, that house was 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 something else. That's for sure. Maybe that's where your love of Halloween comes from. Just just the creepiness is so familiar to you because that's where you grew up and it's like your comfort zone. You know, I don't know because you know. I like I said, I think I, I'd like to say that I'm pretty skeptical, but I think it's also just like that West Indian uh, Caribbean upbringing that is just like, even if I say that I don't believe in it, we don't mess with it, right? We're just like, yeah. okay, you know, we don't believe in ghosts or this and that, but it's like, we're not going to take that chance if mm-hmm. there is a chance, right? And I think, Absolutely. I don't know, that was just kind of how I was raised, but I, I know I need to have a little bit more common sense. <laughs> Like, I know that um, a lot of people are kind of obsessed with the whole waking up from the dead. And, you know, back in the day before there were stethoscopes or technology, you never really knew if someone was dead, right? You just were like, okay, they're not moving. They're not breathing. We're just going to, you know, bury them. And there's lots of stories of people waking up from the dead. I don't know if you've heard the term dead ringer or graveyard shift before but like i i read about this when i was doing research for this episode and people used to be buried with a string tied to their wrist and there'd be a bell actually on the outside right so they used used to not be buried six feet down it was maybe just like a couple of feet and if they started moving it would ring this bell and then there'd be someone (laughs) so that's where that's where dead ringer comes from and the term graveyard shift was because there literally used to be someone that would sit in the graveyard all night to listen for the bell of people that were buried alive and they he would have to like dig them out and i find that super creepy 
Yeah, well, you're right, Sarah. There have been stories and accounts of people who have unfortunately been buried alive or, you know, they were paralyzed or whatever the case may be. And they weren't dead. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, like, I mean, that's why that has happened. And I mean, I've read some pretty creepy things too. And I think, I don't know, like, I just don't know the veracity of some of these stories, you know, where people work in morgues or in funeral homes and they read about, you know, they've adjusted the body in this way and they come back and the body is like sitting up, right? <laughs> oh my like- God, you just gave me a really creepy visual. <laughs> Well, could you imagine, right? Well, imagine, you know, being a funeral director and you're preparing a body for a family and you've put them down to lay down the the casket and you leave and you come back and they're sitting upright. Like that is... Like bolt upright. Yeah, like fully upright. I'm like, that can't be right. But, you know, these are people's accounts. It's just... I know. I know. It's, cra- it's crazy. It's all crazy. Like, I, I get back in the day where you might not have known somebody was dead. Like, maybe they were sleeping or there's some weird medical condition. But I actually found a story from 2014. And it was this man named Walter Williams who was 78 years old. He was found alive and literally kicking in a body bag at a funeral home in Mississippi. Oh my God. So this discovery came as the staff were preparing to embalm his body. So he was spared the gruesome fate or having of having an artery sliced open and his blood replaced with formaldehyde to replace his tissues. So Jeez. he had been declared dead with no pulse, but it was just a few hours later that he began kicking in the embalming room. And so the staff called an ambulance and they were like, of course, how did this happen? Well, in his case, it was thought that the atropine he was given by medical staff to counteract the insecticide he um, had ingested or whatever made him appear dead. But the other problem was the coroner that pronounced him dead didn't have a medical degree. Oh, no. (laughs) It turns out he was an elected official who didn't have a medical degree. And in some places, I guess you don't have to have a medical degree to be a coroner, which I find crazy. And that's why it's for very good reason that only certain people like physicians or, you know, nurse practitioners should be allowed to pronounce someone dead. Yeah. That's crazy. But did you guys hear about the, um, the case where this was a couple of years ago in North York where the woman who I think she ended up, she was on her way to the hospital and she ended up giving birth to a newborn or she was kicked off the bus or something, ended up giving birth to a newborn um, in like the dead of winter in the cold. And then like when the ambulance got there, they pronounced the baby dead or when they got to the hospital, they pronounced the baby dead. But like minutes later, the baby started moving. Oh no. And it like, and the baby survived. I think this is in 2015. That's, that's kind of amazing. I mean, I think, yeah, the fact that the baby was able to kind of survive something that traumatic, that's... But can you imagine the trauma the mother has gone through? Yeah, that would be, that'd be harrowing. That would be, like, awful, A lot. Right? I think, I think when it comes to children, like, I, I think, especially when we're talking about things that are scary, like, there's that innocence, right? And, mm-hmm. and we want to protect that. But then on the flip side kids can be kind of scary too <laughs> they can be really unpredictable like like their heart stops beating and then it starts again apparently i've heard of cases where kids fall through the ice and they're like in really cold water right and they appear to be dead but i think there's something about the cold that preserves their brain and then they can somehow come back to life yeah it slows their it slows down their their heart rate and that's why essentially when you're trying to um 
when you're resuscitating, especially someone who has hypothermia, you do it very slowly. You want to raise their temperature very slowly. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, I don't want to say the cold is a preservative, but it actually kind of, you know, keeps them going for a little bit long. It, it slows everything down, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, back to like scary kids. I actually have... Um, a little bit of a scary story in terms of a toddler and you and you know i i when i read this i i, I read it from a different angle i want to see if you guys feel this too so this one is uh this one's called a toddler's x-ray shows dental work done but the parents and insurance say otherwise so the story starts out i'm not a doctor but i am of the healthcare field as a dental hygienist the creepiest most confusing thing i've seen is as follows We had a new patient come in for a cleaning. He was around three to four years old, and his mom said that he had never been to the dentist before. Not uncommon for what I've seen on a daily basis, so at first I didn't think anything of it. I did his cleaning, and and then I went to take his routine x-rays. This is where shit got weird. After looking at the x-rays, I could see that the child had already had a large amount of dental work done. He had around six to seven composite tooth color fillings. When I sat back down on the chair, I asked the parents again if he had ever been to the dentist. They were both adamant that he had never been to the dentist and also said that there was no relative around that could have possibly taken him or taken him without knowing. How did this happen? Who took him? Where were the parents? Had they possibly been in jail for a long period of time and not known that their child was taken to the dentist by someone else and had this work performed? What if this really wasn't their child and actually had this child had been kidnapped? His insurance had no record of him ever having any previous dental work done, so that was a dead end too. I think about it often, but ultimately I'll never get an answer. What do you guys think? I feel like there's a lot more questions that needed to be asked there. (laughs) When I read that, my first thought was, I felt like that child was in danger. I was terrified when I read that. Like dental work, we essentially not we, but when people die, they te- and let's say they, you know, there's no identification on them or whatnot. They identify them through their dental work. Te- so if this family is saying that this child has never had dental work and the child has numerous amounts of dental work, that's not their kid. Yeah, I don't know what to say alien abduction (laughs) i feel like i would have called the police yeah like i read that and i was like oh my god i'm like no no this is this is weird i'd be like sir you need to sit here and wait um i just need to make a phone call (laughs) but i mean i i hope that wherever this child is today if it's a real story um that they're safe because when i read that it kind of creeped me out a little bit kids can be like super scary i don't know if you guys have ever had this happen but you know uh late night sleeping and then you wake up and you look over and your your toddler standing at the edge of your bed or standing right in front of your face yeah that's like a a punch my child in the throat moment okay i would never do that but i mean just very creeped out 
So just like breathing right into your face, right? I have had the experience of waking up with one of your toddlers in my face. <laughs> it's super creepy, right? Hi, uncle. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it, this is one thing that I actually haven't told a lot of people. So one of my sons actually suffers from night terrors as well. I guess it's maybe it's like a familial thing where he will come running out of his room at like, usually it's around the same time, like around 9.30 at night. And he's fully sleeping, but he's like pointing at stuff and he's screaming and sometimes he's crying and I'm like, whoa, like this is too much. So like my irrational brain is like, ah, he's haunted. And Jordan's like, it's just a night taper. Terror. Like turn on the lights, talk to him, give him a glass of water and put him back to sleep. And uh, we've been dealing with that for a while, but I mean, I could only imagine how scary it is for him to be fully asleep, but feel like he's awake. And so does he, does he have any memory of this in the morning? Never. No. Right. Yeah. So that's what makes it, I guess, like a night terror. Yeah. So definitely a night terror. But yeah. Oh, I have one other story that I'd like to tell you. And, and this, this is kind of, um, you know, in line with our ICU friends that are out there working tirelessly during the Mm -hmm. pandemic, but I'm sure they've seen some pretty scary stuff too. So this one's called, they're still here. It's actually a very short one. Um, So this is from an ICU nurse. So I was working on an ICU and I had a patient who would only repeat what was said to her. I was with her all that night. One time I went into her room and she started telling me all the different ways that she died. I died because of a narcotic overdose. I died because I took too much insulin. I died on a sunny Sunday afternoon, etc. Then later, she looked up at the ceiling and she grabbed me and said, they're all still here. I ran out of that room as fast as I could. Another time I had a blind patient who kept asking me what time it was all day, all night long. One time I went in the room to check and he says, it's the witching hour. I know it's 3.33 and I walked out of the room. Mm-mm. Oh my God. <laughs> right? Mm-mm. So we won't work in the ICU anytime soon. <laughs> Have you ever woken up at 3, like 3 a.m. or like 3.30 and thought to yourself, oh my God. Yeah, I'm like, I need to go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go back to sleep. And actually... <laughs> Oh like like in Chinese culture, the number four is really unlucky because the, the word for four sounds like death. So for yeah. me, 444 is the worst time. Oh my gosh. Have you ever woken up at 444? I have. I have. Did you scream? No. I just try to go back as fast as possible to sleep. <laughs> like, go oh, back to sleep, go back to sleep, go back to sleep. Have you ever had, um, not night terrors, what are they called? The ones where you can't move. Yes, I have had those all the time. Sleep paralysis. And and actually, it's so scary because sometimes I'll wake up from my dream and know I'm in a dream and I can't get out of my dream. So what I read mm-hmm. that I needed to do to break out of this paralysis was try to move my tongue. And it actually does work sometimes. Oh. If I can move my tongue, then it's like I'm moving a small muscle in my body and then the rest of my body just kind of comes back. If it does happen, it's slowly after, like shortly after I've fallen asleep, like within the first maybe half an hour. If mm-hmm. I get woken up unexpectedly, then it's my brain is awake, but my body is like 
not responding to my brain, if that makes any sense. Yeah, there's there's actually a myth. There's like a myth and urban legend behind sleep sleep paralysis. And yeah, uh, this, essentially the hag. the hag or a demon sitting on your chest. And that's why you can't actually wake up. It's just a myth, of course. <laughs> and I mean, it's like, I think if you look at like mythology related to sleep paralysis, there's lots of different stories around why that might be happening, but we know that that's not the case. So, well, you can hallucinate. You're just saying that because we're not in the same room together. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, be worried. Be so worried. No, no, no. Like, there's a lot of scientific explanations for probably all the different phenomena that people have experienced. But again, you know, um, I'm not just, dis- I'm not going to discount anyone's experience and I definitely am not going to be playing with a Ouija board uh, anytime soon. It's a great prop. We will keep it. I mean, if anyone listening has creepy stories or Halloween stories, we definitely, definitely want to hear from you. We love those kind of things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Matthew, you have any other creepy things to share? I do. Okay. So, um, going. Let's. I'll start back with sleep paralysis. So, as a youth, it would happen to me quite often, but I would hear things. Really? So, like, it would sound like a, like a deep, scary, de- demonic voice screaming in my ear, something that I can't understand. Like a tongue that you don't, you've never heard before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but That's like I would um like eventually it would just stop and I would snap out of it and wake up. But like I didn't realize you can actually hallucinate and that's what that is. Um well not hallucinate, you're dreaming essentially. Right. So my first apartment, do you remember when I was living in that basement apartment, Amy? Mm-hmm. That first one that I moved into. The way in which my apartment is was laid out was you go down these steps from the outside. Um, You walk into a hallway, that hallway leads to a kitchen, and if you keep going straight, it leads you into a living room. And then to the upper left, my bedroom's there. So I would always sleep with my my bedroom door open. And, oh, I had a bathroom door that was next to me, and I would sleep with that one closed. And I slept, actually, no, I would sleep with them both open. But the reason why I would do that was so I got airflow. One night I was sleeping, I, or before I went to bed, I, 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 used my my app my sleeping app and it it like basically records like any noises or whatnot or if i wake up in the middle of the night or if someone's talking so i I had set that up and i went to bed um this app is also my alarm clock so i i woke up randomly and you know when you wake up out of a sleep you kind of just like groggily wake up um i just sat up when I woke up, like I opened up my eyes and I sat up, I didn't use my hands and it was the weirdest experience. Cause I remember being like, Oh, okay. Um, so I sat up and my eyes are open and I'm looking out my bedroom door and there is a silhouette No. of like what appears to be a man. You just made me have a, ch- a chill. I knew that this wasn't a person. I knew it was something completely different, but you know when you when when you feel a presence and you know when you can tell it's sinister? Deputy Tings. This one wasn't. I didn't feel any sort of sinister presence. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'm being visited. And I went back to sleep. That was my first mistake. <laughs> no. <laughs> like laid back down and fell asleep. So then I woke up again and I shot back up. This time that silhouette was in my bedroom. So at the, the no. foot of my bed. And now I'm staring at it and it's it's huge. I can definitely not see through it, but it doesn't look real. And I still don't feel afraid. 
So I just went back to sleep. And then I woke up again. And it was it was actually like floating over me. And this time I backhanded it. No way, no way. <laughs> this time I backhanded it. And it dissipated within that backhand. And I said, you are not welcome here. Do not come back. So that app I was using, uh, my alarm clock that records my sleep, um, I went back to, well, no, I didn't actually go back to bed. I kind of just like laid there. And then my alarm clock went off hours later. And then I looked at it and it gives you the analysis of like what was happening during the night. Thank God there were no noises, except I guess me just like saying things like, you're not welcome here. But it showed that I woke up from the hours of 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and 3 a.m. But it was on those hours. Like it felt like I woke up seconds later, but it they were actually hours later. Like like on the hour. Yeah, it was so creepy. And then not too long after that, I um, so I started sleeping with my door ajar and my bathroom door open. Um, and that was to get some airflow because when I would see with it closed, I would get no airflow. So I couldn't see outside my door, thank God, because it was terrifying. <laughs> no. So, but this time I remember waking up one morning and I woke up slowly. And I just like, I remember hearing somebody walking in my living room, like stomp, 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 stomp. And you know, when you can hear the sound, like you can hear where someone's walking, like if they're walking. Yeah. yeah so this person was walking in a circle in my living room. And then when they were on, like, I guess the, the one o'clock part of that circle, it stopped. And then I heard them run stomp towards my bedroom door and then I sat up and it stopped and that Matthew you stop watching horror movies <laughs> that is when I gave them my notice mm-hmm. and said yeah. I am moving out <laughs> <laughs> and then I did no more scary movies Matt too much scary movies <laughs> no that was terrifying I saw the shadow people in your house too when I was a kid what? don't tell me about no shadow people in my house when what I house? was this house? No, not that house. Oh, okay. That the scary house. The bedroom oh. that you and Shalene used to um sleep in, or you and grandma. I, I was sleeping there by myself and I hated sleeping there. So you were in that other room. And <laughs> this is why I used to always go to your room and sleep on the floor. Do you remember? <laughs> I remember. So I was in the bedroom, and you know how the beds faced the closet, and they were two double-door closets, and they were massive. I remember. Right, yeah. It was like a second master bedroom. It was weird. So I remember two of those closet doors were ajar, and I was laying there in the middle of the night, and something walked out of one of them. I'm so sorry. And just walked over to the side, and then another something walked out of them. And started walking back and forth. Another something walked out and started walking this way. Why didn't you just leave? Another one walked out and just stared at me. And and then one kept popping its head out of the closets. How many shadow people came out? I don't know, like seven or not not seven. Oh my gosh. Like a whole family of them. Sat there with the blankets up to my face, staring at them until the sun came up. Like, do you not remember there were so many times where I'd be so tired in the morning? Well, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you say something? I did. <laughs> I have. Oh, no. Like, I mean, even our cousins are terrified of that. House. You know, 
I, 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 I'll, I'll have to say, yeah, there's, there were some strange things that happened, but I, again, like I said, I'm going to be skeptical and I'm going to say there's got to be an explanation for all that crazy craziness that happened. Duppy things. Duppy things, duppy things. <laughs> Sarah, do you have any more personal ones? Um, I have one that I kind of shared in our last episode, but I, um, I used to live in, um, uh, I lived in a house off campus when I was in university and mm. there were six people living in one house. So the very top floor was me and my roommate. We were like in the attic. And then the, the second floor had four bedrooms and then the basement had two more bedrooms. But I think that year I had really late exams. So I was like the last one in the house for that year right it was like december 20th or something like that and so i was in this house by myself and i'm, I'm not used to that because i'm used to like tons of people around and i'm studying for my exam it's super late and the way that the attic was set up there was like this crawl space that connected one bedroom to the other like me and my roommate's bedroom and there were these doors that you kind of like you know how you like lift the whole door out and you kind of set it aside like it was one of those square shaped oh yeah entrances. yeah so like I was in there studying by myself and I hear this knocking sound and it sounds like it's coming because my ceiling was kind of it was slanted because it was the attic so I hear this knocking sound and it sounds like it's coming from like like the roof and then the knocking sound kind of travels down towards the crawl space. Mm -hmm. And then I start hearing the knocking sound like on the other side of the door that you can kind of lift no. up. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, can't do this. So I run downstairs to the kitchen, which clearly is like my safe space. I don't know why, <laughs> because there's no one in the house to protect me. And I'm sitting in there and I'm like waiting for this noise to go away. And then finally it does. I kind of make my way back upstairs, but I slept with the light on that night. I could not. <laughs> I could not explain or justify why it was happening. And I was literally alone. I, I must have been the last class to write an exam that year. Like it was it was a ghost town. And I still can't explain what that noise was because it wasn't like a scratching noise that you would hear from a raccoon or like a rat or anything like that. It sounded like a person was literally on the other side of that ceiling, like knocking on it. But I even went outside and nobody was there that I could see. And and like being on the third floor, I don't know how anybody could get that high without a ladder anyways. So that's it my story. Devil. <laughs> that is the worst. And I think around that time I had watched some horror movie. I can't remember what it was, but it was like at a certain time every night, bad things would happen. I think it was around three o'clock or four o'clock. Well, the, 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 I guess the, the horror, um, mantra is like if you hear a knock you never knock back like if you hear like no you don't you don't go no to, to like try to or, find out what was there or if you hear like like if you know if you're in your own home and you and you know no one's there and you hear someone talking you don't ask who it is <laughs> you like, should just tell if you them to investigate, go if you've got to investigate you do it on the like as you're leaving. <laughs> and if you got to call the cops, girl, you call the cops. But <laughs> you make yourself, I mean, oh, no. I think I think we're suspending our own disbelief tonight. I think, again, <laughs> <laughs> again, you know, Halloween is just, it's, I don't know, I find it's just a fun time of year for me. And 
I've it always the liked best. the the scary stuff and and you know I think again I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and just continue to reiterate it. I I think for the most part um, that there's explanations for all of this. It's kind of it's kind of funny. I like I like the idea of the unknown. I just I like there that there's mystery sometimes about certain things, mm-hmm. and that not everything is recorded or online. It's just the mystery of it all is intriguing no i agree it it makes it fun <laughs> i agree i agree as well but i believe like you're you're absolutely right that a lot of these things can be explained i also do believe there's a spirit world i right. i think it's just the way in which i was raised i do believe that you know spirits exist and there are ones that are are sinister so you know even if it is a situation that can be explained i still won't disrespect it Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. Again, I like I said, Matthew. That's like our upbringing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like. I I was looking at some like Ouija stuff on this because you can do Ouija apps. And I was like, oh, maybe we'll do like a Ouija app together. And I was like, no, nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I can I'm gonna try that out today. No, oh man, or ever. <laughs> no, but I mean. Halloween's a fun time. I hope that, you know, um, with COVID that kids can go out and just try to be safe, but still Mm -hmm. enjoy the holiday because, you know, I think it's been so hard on these young kids throughout this entire pandemic. I I just, I hope that they can at least have this one and people don't be a-holes and cough on candy or do anything weird like that. But like I said, I love Halloween and I can't wait to show you guys my actual costume because this is not my actual costume. But I will Yeah, tell you're you. just dressed like yourself. <gasps> oh, <dare> Ouch, you. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> the wedge. Actually how I am all year round, thank you. No. That lipstick too. That's just your that's just your everyday <laughs> lip wear. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I was like, I might as well look cute. Try to look cute because, you know, what, what's the point of wearing lipstick with a mask on? You just get That's lipstick true. on the inside of your mask. So, so disappointing. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you, Matthew, for joining us again to talk about all you. things scary, the occult. Um, and again, yeah, I hope you guys had a good time just listening to us, just relaxing, nothing serious today. Just just some good old Halloween fun. Mwahahaha. <laughs>